Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that pits two movies with something in common in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. This week, in the red corner, it was meant to be the biggest movie of 1993. It was not. A tidal wave of bad press and some pesky dinosaurs saw to that. But now, in the warm glow of 2022, is it really that bad? From 1993, Schwarzenegger is the last action hero. While in the blue corner, another visitor to our reality, but this time it's an animated fairy tale kingdom they're escaping from, as Amy Adams tries to find her happily ever after on the streets of New York from 2007. Will it leave us enchanted? You know, the new Jack Slater opens this weekend at the Odyssey. Mike, I didn't know that. They killed the second cousin. Big mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Slater 4. Well, I'm checking the print tonight. Midnight. Just my song. I, uh, I could arrange for you to gain admittance. That is, you know, if that sort of thing appeals to me. See, before it opens? Yeah. Who do I have to kill? <laughs> it's not working! <laughs> You'll never save her now. When the clock strikes 12, she'll be dead. Unless, unless, it's not possible. It couldn't be me. Don't you I see? I barely know her. I've it, only known her for a few days. It has to be. So, Robert, it's okay. So it's a fantasy face-off on this week's Clash, but which film will be victorious? Let's find out! Welcome to Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken! Hello, Clash Butters. It's a beautiful day, and we're out killing drug dealers. Are there any in the house? I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris Tilly. Hey, welcome to this great pairing this week, a thrilling pairing on Clash of the Titles. Whose choices were they? Mine. Via Chris Tilly. Exactly. Good. <laughs> Good. I've decided transparency is the way forward with the show. Oh, really? No. <laughs> so. Okay, cool. Tell us why you picked them, V, because I know you love this part of the show particularly. I, I, I always prepare so heavily for mm. this part, and I'm glad I do. Yeah. Because I think you can tell. Because it's the sort, it's the start of the show, it's the first five minutes. This is where you win or lose listeners. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris informed me that the film Disenchanted is out now. Mm. Uh, I'm actually, I, by the time this goes out, I will have seen it. I'm going to a viewing party to watch it. Okay, what's that? Disenchanted. What's a viewing party? Yeah. What's I've disenchanted? Never... I've been to a screening. Is it like a screening? Well, it's like when something's on a streamer, then mm. you go into your friend's house and have wine and watch it. Okay. It's a viewing party. With the children? No. Oh. It's adults. <laughs> have you seen Enchanted? It's not for adults. <laughs> I tried to make the kids watch it. They weren't interested. Yeah. So. Damn right. <laughs> Why? Because What a difficult week for you this is going to be. Because oh. piece of shit versus something you hate. Interesting. 
<laughs> very, very good point. It's been a struggle, I won't lie. So this is part one of Last Action Hero versus Enchanted. Like I said, these choices this week. So the clue you gave on last week's show was... Get real, princess. The kid stays in the picture. And Chris, you followed that up on Twitter with... Um, is this just real life or is this fantasy? Is this just real life or is this fantasy? Yes. Yep. Uh, so... Your guesses arrived from their fictional world onto our Twitter at ClashPod. We're also on Instagram and TikTok at ClashPod with loads of beautiful extras and videos from the show. And if you're in the business for a little extra Clash completely free of charge, why not check out our YouTube channel for some lovely videos from the show with some of the best bits of clashing from over the years. So your guesses, congrats to Casino Royale, Danny Baker and yeah. Those two got the correct answer, but they were beaten to it by our winner this week. Well done, Brett Hayajak. First time winner Great. on the show, Good. I believe. Welcome. Mm. So your prize, Brett, is tickets, oh my gosh, to attend the premiere of Jack Slater 4. You'll be joining Hollywood A-listers, the cream of Tinseltown, like Little Richard, James Belushi and MC Hammer. A more star-studded night you'd be hard-pressed to find. Will you, will you, be, will you be hosting? <laughs> oh, I love that. Really? That's who you got for this? Amazing. Uh, so, connection section. I'll start. New York, New York. A city so nice they used it twice. Yeah. And yet in both films, characters are shocked at the behaviour of the people of New York. And also, you randomly bump into the person you need to see in New York. Yep. That's all I've got, to be honest. Uh, I mean, Manhattan's not that big. Okay. <laughs> so have you got a second home you want to tell us about? I've been there a lot. Uh, yeah, it's in Gramercy. Sorry, I didn't do that right. Have you been to Manhattan? <laughs> oh, wow. On many an occasion. Have you? I have, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's not special now, is it? No, fuck it. Uh, obviously, they're both satires of their respective genres. Uh-huh. They were both R-rated scripts that got watered down. Um, they both feature characters having existential crises. We'll get into that as we go through both films. Uh, the visitor from a fantasy land romancing the single parent of a go-getting strong-willed child. <laughs> yeah, very good. That's great. <laughs> uh, they both have climaxes where uh, the hero's hanging from the top of a building. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes. Oh, yes. Very there's, there's quite a lot. Mm. Yeah. I was relieved. <laughs> <laughs> any more for any more? No. no. All right, then. On Thursday, I'll be busy with Disney in Enchanted, which means today Chris is being heroic for the very last time. Chris, take us on a journey. IMDb describes the last action hero as follows. With the help of a magic ticket, a young movie fan is transported into the fictional world of Jack Slater, his favourite action movie character. But an online theory which Vicky brought to my attention, suggests something different. That Danny is actually a victim of predatory paedophile Nick, <laughs> who lures him to his projection sex booth via the promise of movies and snacks. Danny's only escape from the abuse is by imagining he's part of Jack Slater's movies, <gasps> doing battle with more sick and twisted men, meaning those film scenes are playing out in his head as a coping mechanism. Jesus. They even tell us as much when Danny shows Jack a word on a piece of paper that he can't say because it isn't an R-rated movie, and that word is... Nonce. <laughs> so fun action comedy or hard-hitting interrogation of abuse and survival? You're about to find out as we discuss The Last Action Hero. That's already a better film. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a great film. That's got a lot to say. Um, Is that genuinely what you meant by the paedophile thing last week? I meant that it gives off some bad pedo vibes. But you meant Nick. Robert of course Prosky. I did, okay. yeah. Who else did I mean? I thought you meant the Ripper. Because of the no. way Arnie talks and to when, him on the road. And when no, you no. said it, I thought you meant the fact that this older woman get, tries to get off with this teenage boy. No. No. Well, there's quite a lot going on here. <laughs> yeah. I meant an old man guilt-tripping a child yes. into doing something he wants him to do, making him leave his house at midnight to go through a dangerous city to join him in this small booth, and doing that thing where he's like, well, you know, I thought I could rely on you, I thought we were friends, but you've let me down, and, like, guilt-tripping him. Into Had you made the connection, though, that this was him hiding from Nick in his own head? No. Okay. Oh, wow. I thought you had. Okay. Uh, this is a theory that's online, though. It's not mine. Okay. Um, and it's excellent. Yeah. Um, so, and it's true. <laughs> and it's true. So I went to the cinema to see this. I was super excited. Um, I had the posters on my folders at school and all that crap. And um, I was a bit disappointed, if I'm honest. Okay. Um, yeah. I wish I'd just gone and seen Jurassic Park for the third time. <laughs> uh, Vicky. 
I saw it on VHS. I saw the trailer. I was really excited about it. I because I love to stay tuned, so the mm. concept made sense to me. Sure. I remember liking it, mm. but the trouble is, I can't have been paying attention because it's too long for me as a child, definitely. So I must have been either wandering room to room and then seeing bits of it. But I do remember liking it. But then you know, children are. Uh, kind. No, and I they? will say that I think over the years this is there's been a reappraisal of this mm. film and it's become something of a cult movie. People oh, say it was it. it was seriously. <laughs> yeah, but that's my that leans into my constant theory, which is like if something's awful, give it ten years, people call it a cult movie. <laughs> it's still awful. <laughs> um no, I'm just saying that so there's maybe some jeopardy for this, this particular episode. But feel free to jump in. Alex, believe me, there is, there is jeopardy. As far as I'm concerned, there is jeopardy this week. Uh, so Great. I saw the trailer as well. I, I, I remember loving the trailer. Yep. I remember the trailer going, the big ticket of 1993. It sort of set itself up for a fall. Um, and then I watched it. And I remember two things, which is the stunt where the elevator comes away from the building... I, for some reason, that's imprinted on my mind. And I also remember the Ripper because yeah. he feels like he's from a very, very different film. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And then I watched it once more in the interim um, and I was like, Meh, no. And then I watched it this time for this show. And I thought, do you know what? Hey there. I've softened. There's a good movie there. I've softened, actually. <laughs> in the right frame of mind, if you tilt your head and squint. Yep, this is okay. This is not a bad film. <laughs> Um, so there is an interesting backstory to this movie. I bet there is. Um, and I'm going to reference uh, Nick Dissemlian, uh friend of the podcast. Uh, I think he's the editor of Empire now. He's written a book called The Last Action Heroes that comes out next year. But he also, in 2012, wrote an article about the making of this movie where he spoke to pretty much everyone involved apart from Arnie and got the full story of what happened behind the scenes. Oh, wow. And it wasn't good. Oh. Um so, start at the beginning. Zach Penn. Uh, it's inspired by The Simpsons, he said. We thought if this show can destroy genres that, embra- that it embraces, why can't we do that in a live-action movie? Um, he said, but somewhere along the way, the movie got lost and nobody came out smelling like a rose. So, him and his mate Adam Leff, uh, they were graduates of uh, University of Connecticut. They loved action movies. And so, in 1991, they wrote Extremely Violent, a very violent, very R-rated, ambitious script, um, which would work as a deconstruction the genre and a kick-ass romp in its own right. The idea was a kid getting sucked into a silly action movie and using his knowledge of the genre to subvert all the cliches. That's a good idea. There's loads of good ideas in it. <laughs> they just aren't in it, if you know what I mean. But yeah, that's a brilliant they, idea. They, they dubbed it their reverse purple rose of Cairo, uh, because obviously that happens in reverse in the Woody Allen movie. Um, He's done alright, hasn't he, Zach Penn, though? I think mm. if this was my first movie and you saw this happen to it, it might break you. Mm. And yeah, here he is. Man working on Avengers, uh, Ready Player One, and most recently, obviously, a, a fan favourite, Free Guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and X2, one of the... One well, of the not saying a yeah, word. It's be- best yeah, to keep best quiet. Not to. Remember, Ryan Reynolds is in that. Oh, yeah, I forgot, so <laughs> it's fine. A, a God Walks Among Us. <laughs> Uh, to research it, they spent a few weeks in their local video store uh, trying to make a checklist of all the things you've got to do in your movie. Does the second most evil bad guy die before or, f- or after the first most bad evil guy? Uh, does the hero have a Vietnam buddy? He said it was fun watching the Steven Seagal movies one after another, but it can be soul crushing. <laughs> um, <laughs> not, not the later ones. They're, they're actually hilarious. Uh, so Chris Moore uh, came on board as a producer. He said, I saw it as a modern day Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Uh, the kid has a problem with his family. His father has left and he's not getting on with his mum. And instead of getting whisked away to Oz, he does what most kids today would want to do, escape into a movie. It is a great idea. Mm, great uh, idea. Carol Co. got interested. Uh, they'd made a bunch of movies with Arnie, but they ended up passing on it. And then you got in a weird situation where Columbia and TriStar went into a bidding war against each other, in spite of the fact they're both owned by Sony at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so someone at Sony's like, just stop it. <laughs> right, right from the get-go. Yeah. <laughs> this was screwed. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Um, and so uh, Columbia won against themselves. <laughs> uh, and the price was $100,000 uh, to the writers and then a further uh, 350000 if the movie got made. Right. So they did all right, yeah. considering it was the first script. Um, and Arnold Schwarzenegger got interested. Um, 
the, the main character in that original script was called Ar- Arno Slater, and he was supposed to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. So, uh, yeah, Arnie said, having a kid come into a movie awakened certain fantasies I had as a kid in Austria, like sitting on a horse with John Wayne. Um, but he also said the script wasn't executed professionally. It's <laughs> very clinical, isn't it? <laughs> and he had issues uh, with the extreme violence in the script, right. which is ironic, but this is going to come back. There's a weird contradiction happening in the making of this film um so they got sacked off the script uh, once they got paid for it mm. um and who should come on board but mr shane black the man who'd written lethal weapon and the last boy scout so mm. that kind of makes sense to yeah. bring him on board does it i don't think it does i think I, I was saying this to v the other day and i think the opening of the film when we get to that is the best example of this like he his movies are a parody already it's like the machismo on show yeah. there is is so heightened that you can't bring the guy who does that already onto a movie and ask him to do it again because it that whole opening where jack That's, slater yeah. walks across those car roofs and appears and punches the lieutenant attorney or whatever yeah. it's like that could be riggs's entrance from lethal weapon yeah. done he's got nowhere to go that's yeah. the thing because he's done it yeah i agree then they said it was surreal that the guy they were parodying were then given their script mm. to rewrite. Yeah. Um, this is what... Um, Shane Black has a lot to say about this film. Uh, he said, me and my partner, David Arnott, were to take this very small script where not a lot happens, beef it up into a summer movie with lots of setups and payoffs and reversals. Zach seemed to think that we ruined his script, but I was actually quite fond of what we came up with. We had a silly gag where Slater reaches up, grabs a scratch on the film and stabs a villain with it. I knew Columbia told us at the time that they were very happy with it, but then abruptly things changed. That's because John McTiernan... Mm joined mm-hmm. the film as the director and legend um black says john rewrote the whole thing <laughs> uh penn says we didn't want john and we were a fan of his work but we always thought it'd be someone like robert zemeckis or john landis directing someone with a history of pulling genres apart Kind of like what you're saying, Alex. I like Shane and I like John McTiernan. I wouldn't have watched all their movies so many times if I didn't, but I do think it's easier for someone from the outside to mock the conventions of action movies than it is from the people who created them in the first place. Um, It still wasn't working, the script, at this point, so William Goldman is given a ring. Jesus Christ! (laughs) John, if you say Robert Town next, I'm walking out. Who's busy on Days of Thunder? (laughs) Uh, he gets paid one million dollars for fuck four weeks' off, work. Fuck off! <laughs> and yet, and, and yet, and yet, Jesus! He just took out the bit where Arnie pulls down a scratch <laughs> yes. from the screen and stabs a villain with. It. He didn't like two that. meta. That's my note. One million dollars. Um, at this point, some stuff that changed. Uh, Nick, the fr- uh, the friendly projectionist <laughs> in, the original, <laughs> in the original script, Vicky, he was a demonic villain. I've even read somewhere that he was sort of supposed to be the devil. Right. But they changed it. Yeah. He's now a nice man <laughs> right but they had done the devil in stay tuned so they couldn't do the devil again oh, yeah, we've seen that uh, a scene in which dozens of iconic movie villains invade the real world was added then deleted yeah. fucking hell <laughs> that's so annoying what but the you, hell we but can you, have any villain yeah. go on then but you can <laughs> see you can see that there's remnants of it there because they do set it, it up gets yeah. rid of those as well don't go don't go do you know where uh, do you know what would be really cool yeah. I'm going to bring Dracula yeah. into this King world King Kong yeah. what we're gonna have, maybe not Hitler. Weird, uh, but all the, the others. Weird. They're like, I can have any fictional. Vi- Hitler was real though, and then he's like, because in this world the bad guys win. Hitler didn't win. It doesn't make a piece yeah. of sense. It, just take the name Hitler out. Mm. Yeah, 100%. that sentence makes a lot take, more sense. Take all the villains that you think you're going to see Arnie fight in the yes. climax of this movie out by their mention. Like the scene where uh, Charles dances circling Dracula in the newspaper. <laughs> you're really setting something up. There. I'm gonna see. Dracula. I'm definitely going to see Arnie fight Dracula. That's what I thought. Um, so Arnie got paid $15 million. Uh, <laughs> Jesus the, Christ. The budget was set at $60 million. Uh, the chairman of the studio, Mark Canton, said next summer is the season that will make or break me. This is the big one. This is the best thing I've ever done. Oh, no. Oh, bless him. <laughs> um, oh, it's horrible. John, no, it's, it's, it's really enjoyable. It's, it's really good. <laughs> Um, no, it is. It's a story about a people who needed taking down yeah, a peg or two. Enough. Yeah, um, Because there was, there's so much arrogance, I think, in yeah. every aspect of this story. Uh, but John McTiernan said uh, the movie from the moment the studio said they wanted to do it until it was in theatres was nine and a half months, which was a month too short. 
in hindsight, we were arrogant too. I feel like you need more than ten and a half months to make this kind of movie. Yeah. Um, anyway, he said that he was getting in trouble because the head of the studio couldn't decide whether this was an action movie or a kids movie. When I was sent the script, the thing I liked was it was wildly irre- irreverent, but that was getting watered down. And in his autobiography, Arnie says that during the shoot, he went for drinks with McTiernan, and McTiernan said, oh, "I love the fact that we're making ET." Right. And Schwarzenegger was like, what? <laughs> Come again? No, we're going to take the piss out of E.T. And, take, and run the risk there that people won't be very upset about that. And Madness. So, and so, uh, again, McTiernan says it was something like three weeks from the end of shooting to when it was in theatres. There are enormous sequences in the film that are literally how it came yeah. out of my camera. I love this. That's, that's my favourite fact about the whole thing. It ju- it's just, they didn't edit it. Yeah, they just, went, they we, just literally taped film together and went, we, that's it. We cut the heads and tails off scene and that's the sequence we didn't edit them at all that's insane madness um black shane black says what they'd made was a jarring random collection of scenes (laughs) it gets worse uh he says the casting of the little boy was one of the absolute misfires of western culture (laughs) holy shit that's like a rule you don't have a go at kids yeah uh uh, yes not a fan of austin o'brien this reminds me of one of my uh an oscar show i did i I won't say the person in question but we had a guest on the show who was a little bit drunk and (laughs) we were talking about hugo which i think was the most nominated film that year and uh, and they uh, were like yeah 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 do you know i hate hugo i'm like oh okay (laughs) they said this on the show okay they said this on live we're live so i can't control what's being said it's not my fault i hate hugo i'm like okay yeah i really hate the kid in hugo (laughs) they're awful and i was like wow oh all right then and then they went i haven't seen it my mate told me (laughs) and i've got a drink (laughs) stringent stringent selection process that year (laughs) and i was available um i did test screening that was a disaster um uh three weeks before the film came out um one of the reviews which i like was said uh said the movie lay there like a big fried egg (laughs) Um, and they refuse to release the I'm test. <laughs> it works, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Sort of greasy oh and oily and unhealthy, <laughs> and just congealing, yeah. flapping about in a pan. <laughs> lovely, lovely. So, I sometimes don't think film journalism reaches the dizzy heights that it otherwise could. No, that's, <laughs> simplicity is fantastic. Uh, and they refuse to release those test screen scores to the press, which people did a lot of the time. And so that's when the press realised it was a turkey because they didn't know how bad it was. Uh, but they wanted they, they spent so much money marketing this film. They spent half a million dollars to have the film's name on the side of a NASA rocket. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. Yeah. The la- Shut the fuck up. Uh, the launch of the rocket was delayed a month and it didn't go up until after the film had come out. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I wonder oh. why the world is such a fucking mess. It's uh, just none of it. Yeah. They sent Schwarzenegger, they sent Schwarzenegger to, to Cannes where he was photographed laughing at pictures of dinosaurs and, oh, good um, and he said and I quote I've turned out another great movie and the critics have already said it's a great summer hit what a thing to say <laughs> but at the same time and this is what I'm talking about with Arnie with the violence Arnie um, didn't want to be seen on the poster with a gun in his hand yeah. they were making toys he didn't want toy guns in the toys the, the songs the film's theme tune is called Big, Big Gun, gun. <laughs> You can't. Have you seen the music video? <laughs> ACDC perform on a big fucking gun. Brilliant. <laughs> so, yeah, you can't have your cake and eat it, but the, the date was locked in for June to release it, and the studio, Mark Canton, would not move. He was going to stare down those dinosaurs. Um, and Well, that's actually what you should do with a T-Rex. His <laughs> <laughs> vision is based on movement. Lovely. Uh, Zach Penn said it was insane. I rang him up and said, I want to see Jurassic Park more than Last Action Hero, and Last Action Hero was my idea. <laughs> <laughs> Forget the making of The Room. Why is there not a movie which is the making of Last Action Hero? That's so good. He, he said that he then went to the premieres at Penn and he said it wasn't a pleasant experience. People kept saying, did you do all these fart jokes? I said, no, that wasn't me. They said, why did you have a kid thrown off a roof in the opening sequence? It made my child cry. Yeah. I said, I didn't write that. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. Who was at that premiere apart from Zach Penn? Little Richard. <laughs> MC Hammer. James Belushi. Maria Shriver. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the movie made um, $137 million from its 
85 million dollar budget so fine so it, yeah but when no. you think like i don't think any film has had more money spent on its marketing oh, than I this see. film oh yeah it went so, to space so fair enough and also jurassic park its competitor what was it, about 900 million yeah, exactly. I mean, in Jurassic Park was in its second weekend when this came out and still made double. Yeah. Um, so, yes. Uh, let's talk about the movie. Great. Cool. So, we kick off uh, with Dutch angles, rock music, cops, helicopters, excess. It's great. You into it. I was thinking Alex is going to be loving absolutely this. absolutely loving it because I couldn't remember. I was like, I wonder how he's going to enter because you've got to have your hero enter in a cool way, even in a parody of a parody. But nevertheless, it's fucking cool. But equally, you've got a cop dropped off the top of the building mm. and it's like I see what they're saying is this a kids film because that's not a very nice thing to do that's yeah. horrific Yeah, and so it's from the word go it's not really sure mm. who it's aimed at yeah but that's what makes it so exciting because you've got literally no idea what it's going to do next. Uh, Arnie shows up as Jack Slater, gets an entrance, walking over cars, smoking his cigar. <laughs> he ain't going to wait for the real hostage to go, yeah, yeah, he doesn't care. He throws his badge. Slater! <laughs> <laughs> he ignores the mayor who's played by. Tina Turner? Yeah, oh, Tina yeah. Turner. Oh, yeah. Why is that? She's not bad. Just, She's a great actress. She ain't coming back, though. Yeah. Uh, he kicks a cop in the balls. He squashes a walkie-talkie uh, and he makes it to the roof. And one of the kids is his son. Yep. Didn't yeah, see that coming. No. And we meet the Ripper, who is played by... Tom Noonan. Brilliant. Tom Noonan. Love him. He's great. He's from, very, very from, good. From a different movie. And this is why I thought you... That was the paedophile thing. I was half listening. We were rushing for the tube in that rain and I was like oh it must be the Ripper because there is a suggestion here do you not think there's some sort of weird like he's like you know he's been you, he, look, he doesn't look like I wouldn't let him babysit 100% yeah. but it's not the pedo thing which when we'll get to it it was more the what that's what really shook when someone's like I'm a bad person I'm going to throw a kid off a building whatever but when someone is making a child do something by guilt tripping them into something they shouldn't really want to do and offering them sanctuary and the relationship is very muddy you know where, where are Where's the rules and regs here, kind of thing? Like, especially when the mum, his mum, actually does say, "I don't, don't leave the house. I don't want you hanging out with him. Yeah. He's not a good person." I'm not saying that everyone that is nice to children who's an older single man is a paedophile. I'm just saying there were certain phrases that he used that made my stomach. <laughs> Alex, you better be horrible to Vicky's kids. <laughs> I am. <laughs> uh, a grenade gets thrown, and then we're in the real world because the movie slips out of focus, and Danny is watching. Jack Slater 3 he's seen it six times we meet the projectionist Nick played by Robert Prosky we don't need to talk about him being a paedophile we've done it twice um, but he's fallen asleep um, and he's always good isn't he Robert Prosky oh he's so good yeah. I mean this is why you've got to be careful with you know tarring him over the course sure, of this episode sure, sure. just because Gremlins 2 I, I can't lose him from that that's my big thing no he's amazing it's not him it's just some of the things that he's been given to say right. don't sit right okay. it's not his fault okay we did skip over you remember I only bring this up because I remember us talking about it on the uh, In the Line of Fire episode do you remember I was like yeah. where have I seen that gag before when Rene Russo and Clint Eastwood get together and they're getting undressed and about 20 guns fall to the floor in the hotel oh, room yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was like we couldn't work out where we'd seen it before it's here it's the arm joke on the roof where uh, the ripper goes get rid of your gun and he like keeps dropping a knife and he's got a gun and it all falls to the floor <laughs> anyway i think it's a lot of films yeah i think you think it's meant to, it made you think <laughs> of it yeah. i don't think it any, is it any okay. any spoof <laughs> right. yeah fine fine fine, fine. naked gun loaded weapon yeah, all right fine, 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 fine. um uh, so we meet danny at school uh joan plowright is teaching him hamlet yeah um who was the first action hero really yeah he's the first inaction hero isn't he that's the that's point. the joke. That's yeah. the point uh, with with Hamlet. It's just strange. Who's this aimed at? <laughs> um, yeah. it, she's screening the Olivier performance, um, but we'll all know him as Zeus from Clash of Tiles because every kid watching this is going to know that Joan Plowright was married to Laurence Olivier, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. But it's an excuse to have the trailer. Yes, Arnie is Hamlet. It's great. It, that to... is very good. It is really good. Yeah, it's very funny. Um, but then it, it's from a it, that's from a hardcore full on spoof. Then isn't it? This is yes. that's Mel Brooks territory you're going in. Do you want to do some of the quotes, Alex? To be or not to be, <laughs> not to be. <laughs> Elsinore explodes. It's <laughs> uh, really good. It's, it's very so good. good. It's, it's really, really good. good. <laughs> My fair king, who said I'm fair? <laughs> <laughs> Hamlet's got an Uzi. <laughs> it's really brilliant. Yeah. Uh, Danny. Danny needs a dad. You happy with that, Vicky? Oh, I mean, his mum. I think his mum. I didn't write down who the actor uh, is. Mercedes Rule. 
She's absolutely brilliant. She's, she's brilliant. She's underserved by this. But in terms of exposition, I don't know who's <laughs> responsible for her going, I didn't choose to be a widow. No, it's <laughs> unbelievable. Fuck? It's unbelievable. To your son, who's lost his father? Like, it's not all about you, Mom. I just found that outrageous. Yeah, like, I liked it. I was like, get that shit done in one line. Get it out of the way. Let's get yep. back to Arnie. I don't want to hear the sob story. It's so She's selfish. a widow. He's got no dad. Got it. Move on. There's lots of crazy setting up stuff here because in the next scene, Danny gets handcuffed to a toilet <laughs> well, by a thief. This, this is madness. And then madness. So it's, and it's, it, this is a like a very frightening scene yes, of, of a home invasion. Then 30 seconds later, he's chatting with the police and then he's off to the cinema and he's forgotten it's happened. The he's completely is, chilled. The through line, a film like this, like Big or any sort of body sort of thing or whatever, you've got the MacGuffin. So Big, he makes a wish and he has yeah. to learn through the process, you know, the, th- the lesson that, about growing up and whatever. With this, mum says, don't go out after midnight like Cinderella and he goes, fuck it, I'm going to do it. And then he gets transported into the world and learns to take responsibility. But the script writers have gone, well, he can't break his mum's rules, so now he's got to get mugged in his own home <laughs> and go to the police. And then the police are like, well, you might as well go to the cinema now, I guess, yeah. or whatever it is. It's so rapid fire. And yeah. it's, you know, it's setting this crap up for a payoff that doesn't pay off. Well, yeah. that's the best thing about it, because obviously he gets handcuffed to the toilet and then yes. he saves the key. He finds the key, because yeah. later on, he's handcuffed again. He's like, shit, I've got the key. Which should be the end of that scene where he saves Arnie yeah. because of what he learned earlier. No, yeah. an animated cat. An animated That's cat so saves true. the day. It's just, and then oh, I was like, okay, Robert Pross has got a portal to a magic world, which is why he wants you to come because he's actually your guardian angel and he's going to save your life. And then it's like, no, here's this random ticket. Houdini's that I ticket. Have, Houdini's <laughs> ticket that I have not mentioned at all. At all. Uh, well, yeah, but I've never mentioned it at all because I'm going to mention it a lot over now, this five yeah. minutes worth of exposition. Oh my God. It's, so at this point, it's Houdini's ticket, but it's got a mind of its own. So in the space of about five minutes, we learn that this is a sentient <laughs> ticket with questionable morality. Yeah, which he then tears in half. <laughs> that doesn't make... This is very special, kid. <laughs> what? Uh... <laughs> But the magical Harry Houdini ticket uh, does send Danny to another world. And we're going to talk about Danny in the movie after this short break. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project... There's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. So we're in the movie. We've got Anthony Quinn. Oh, my God. As a crime lord called Vivaldi. (laughs) (laughs) This, right, so there is two things here. First of all, the introduction of Mr. Benedict is one of the cinema's great villainous introductions where he shoots him and the camera pans up the gun and it's like you see his eye and it's like fucking great. Charles Dance play Mr. Benedict. How much... How much unnecessary bullshit is in this scene? 
about the Vivaldi wants to form an alliance yeah, with I the see. Torelli family, and you're like, this is this is nothing to do with the movie I'm watching. But yeah. I guess isn't that what would happen if you were thrown into the middle of one of these films and you're halfway through the plot? Well, you would if it was a lot of boring bollocks <laughs> that wasn't even good enough for TV. It Who would boring. watch this film? What child would watch this uh, film? Alex, <laughs> I, I would. I would. And you know, I mean, look, this is one of the rare moments I was bored. After this, we go careening through a movie. Uh, <laughs> Because Jack arrives at a crack house, but it's really his, his friend or his, his relation, cousin, his cousin his, Frank's you, place. If you haven't done the proper work on this, it's his cousin Frank. Yeah, who gives Jack a message and then dies. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. He dies. How does he die? In one of cinema's great explosions. That house explosion. John McTiernan sure. earning his action stripes once again is fucking fantastic. Perhaps cops dying in a kid's movie in a tree. In a tree. <laughs> but oh my God. You well, do get sad? the payoff. You get the payoff. I was yeah. two days away from retirement. Yeah, but then I, all I'm thinking of is Shane Black and you can't have it. You can't do it. You can't destroy your legacy in that way. That house explosion's awesome though. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then we have a drive-by shooting and a car chase featuring... Oh, Al Leong. Al Leong. Oh, yeah. yeah. Al Leong. Yeah. Do you remember who Al Leong is? Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah? <laughs> Why are you asking me? <laughs> She's not saying so. I can see fear in her eyes. Yeah, I'm scared now. I'm not going to help you. you I don't need help. He's do Candy Guy. Candy Bar Guy from Die Hard. Candy no, bar. I wasn't thinking of that. Oh, okay. Big Trouble in Little yeah. China. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, it doesn't matter. We're all it doesn't matter. We talk page. about it every time he's on the show. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> that felt weird. <laughs> I'm just going to say. Uh, Danny's in the movie now. It's going to be um, calling HR in a minute. There's <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of bullying going on. A little bit cruel being tested on air like that. Yeah. I, I feel for you. I feel for you. I don't know, I don't know why you were tested, but, you know, it yeah, was I don't, that's the it Thank was you, fun. Alex, to get to the root of it. Why was I tested? I don't know. It was the doubt. You, you, your voice wavered. You can't look scared. Scared and in you front of Chris. Just let that go. You know he smells fear, yeah, and he takes advantage <laughs> of that. Your eyes were just a fraction too wide, and he read that in that micro expression. He was like, "I'm going to push this," and I saw it happen. And yeah, I could have helped. But you joined you know, in. Oh, no, joined in. Surprise there. That's fine. I'm a spectator. I'm just uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a leaf on the wind. I go where the wind blows. Okay. Al ends up with an ice cream in the back of his head. What does he say, Alex? What does Jack Slater say? I can't even fucking... Oh, I thought you'd have this one written down. See, look, we're being tested again. <laughs> Ice that guy to call a phrase. I can't do <laughs> the accent. phrase, that was it. <laughs> uh, is that good? No, that's... What, the accent? No, the line. Terrible. Okay, let's check it. Um, it's meant to be terrible. It's parodying, like, the sure. one-liners. It's meant to actually be terrible. And the thing is, this car chase itself is very good fun. Good car yeah. chase. The L.A. River scene where the car goes into the L.A. Yeah. River. It's, it's brilliant. I mean, the CGI, considering this was going up against Jurassic Park that year, the CGI in this is appalling. That final shot where the car, <laughs> like, flies through the air and explodes. It's I imagine just... they just didn't have time to finish yeah, it. Well, from clearly. The but do you feel like there's an issue here of there not being any stakes to these cases because yes I do we're suddenly in this fictional world where it feels like no one can die or Danny can't well, but die that's so because we've seen so many millions of films right so first point would be get rid of the ticket you just, it's just the big equivalent of like making a spiteful wish or whatever right so that's that then the other one would be you don't think you can die and then you find out you can and that's it that's, 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 yeah. that's the engine for the rest of the film but it's really confusing because you, you assume you can't die but they never talk about it they never like explore that fully and uh, even if you know one way of fixing it is the film within a film could be exciting and it's not so there are zero stakes whatsoever yeah I get what you're saying but I was distracted because one of the bad guys ends up in a model photo shoot and they're all quite naked Jesus Christ I was so annoyed about that <laughs> best scene no, why best is, scene why is that alright it's Hollywood why is it alright he's parodying the fact Hollywood. that that happens that does happen in, in those kind of movies it does happen That's yeah, why but do you know what I mean every, we talked about it with Joel right. Silver I'm not like, saying this the happened Joel Silver thing is you've got to put some boobs in for the little kids right I'm just and saying, this is that these people that we love imagine them just ima- i'm not saying this happened just imagine them one night in a bar somewhere and a pretty lady says do you make films yes mm. i do and I, have i got a part for you she's <laughs> like oh my god brilliant whatever. i was talking to your ass <laughs> <laughs> i just find it obvious i obviously find it unacceptable and then it's Later, it's kind of better, but still not like uh, the when I like all the scenes at LAPD. Why are all the women in fetish gear and all the men are not? 
because it's a movie. Oh, come on. You have to give me a better answer than no, that. No, but it's parodying the fact that it, he even says, you know, why are all the women so attractive? Because it's a movie. That's fine. That's funny. Well, that's the, it's just taking that to the next level for a visual gag. It is, after all, a visual language, but, Victoria. Jeez. Uh, oh, <laughs> but, but also... Al Leong. <laughs> I'm going to get, like, in what movie do all the women wear rubber in a police station? Um, that one with... Demolition Man! Demolition Man! <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, was that, that was a test, wasn't it? I passed. Yeah, you yeah. did. Yeah. Yay! I'm frightened to ask any more questions. <laughs> did, um, had that come out already? 93. Same year, isn't it? Mm, yeah. I mean, that's what it felt like to me. I do think, like I you said, that, yeah. I think the police station stuff is great. Well, I, we're, we're in the police station now. Yeah. We've got Sharon Stone and <laughs> Catherine Trammell. <laughs> that all the kids have seen. Oh, my God, I never thought of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, I remember a bit of her. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but um, it's the actual Sharon Stone. I know. <laughs> they've got her. They've hired her. Why don't they have her say something like, oh, I've missed you, Jack, or you were great, Jack, or something? Give yeah. her a line. Yeah, but it wouldn't be that. It'd be like, do you want to interrogate me? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Okay, is this the bit? Do you want to see my badger? <laughs> it's basic instinct. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's good. The T one thousand walks by. Yep. Now that's brilliant. Mm. I, don't know, I don't know why I like that so much. Is I think it though? I'm just glad to see. It. I think it'd be better if then we didn't establish that Terminator Two is a fictional world in this movie, Maybe, thanks to yep. a poster. So you can't then have him real. Yep. No, it makes no sense. Yep, it doesn't say. It doesn't make any sense. I like putting the buddy teams together. I like fat male cop with sexy female cop. The Rabbi with the Aryan officer and the pervert cartoon cat voiced by Danny DeVito with, I think, a female cop who knows martial arts, who's not going to yeah, take his this, shit. this is the trouble. It's of its time, but he grabs her ass and she's like, you dare touch me, whatever. And that's, you're like, oh, you're a bad cat kind of thing. But then later on, you're like, oh, you're the hero. So brilliant. Yeah, well done, everyone. Yeah, a sexual predator cat <laughs> becomes the hero of the hour. Yeah. And Arnie actually defends him. He's like, he's meant to be back from suspension. It's like, he was suspended <laughs> Literally just after you've said he's yeah. got busy paws. Yes. Uh, here's what producer Chris Moore had to say about this sequence. He said, it had shot way off to the left of what was originally intended. If there'd been more time, there's a chance someone might have stood up and said, what the fuck are you doing with an animated cat? <laughs> Something which, from the outside, looking in, looks like a decision of somebody using drugs. <laughs> Using jokes, that's sweet. But here's the thing, that the animated cat like reminds me of the bit where this movie starts to really grate on me, which is purely that Danny knows he's in a movie now. Yes. So why why is it so important to him to prove to Jack Slater and everyone else yep. that they're in a movie? Yeah. Why, why enjoy the that? ride? As as they established, uh, you know, the, the guy said that in that original script he was using what he's learnt hmm. to save the day. Yeah. So so enjoy being in the film yeah. and start doing things. Thing. Start helping Jack. Start, yeah. start using the knowledge. He does do it eventually. Once he starts running with it rather than going, but this yeah. is a movie, then it's all right. But you've just got this... Ex- Tell me what I've missed, right? So I'm with them and he's trying to prove to Jack that he's in a movie. I don't know why, but whatever. Then we've got... Sylvester Stallone as the Terminator so it's like well I, I don't, I'm so lost in the layers I don't get that and then I tuned out and then when I tune back in Jack Slater goes that's why we have area codes yeah no, what, that's, what is that that saved the day a 555 area code that no one outside possibly LA, LA. Mm. <laughs> yeah. would get right okay no it doesn't make any sense okay good um, I mean it's a bewildering gag how, how are you feeling about the name of F. Murray Abraham's character what is his he's name called, again he's called John Practice yeah he is and I didn't mind it okay because I thought it was a real name and then I realised it was to make bad jokes. <laughs> Danny Danny says he killed Mozart. I, I find that funny. I don't know if a kid would. <laughs> Especially when Jack later thinks it's someone called Mozart. Yep. Yeah. And yep. that's approaching funny. <laughs> um, but... As, as, it doesn't matter. As Zach Penn said, in, in the script that we did, they wouldn't have gone... Because it was supposed to be an action movie. In an action movie, you don't go to a video store and look at Sylvester Stallone movies. But this yeah. is the, this is the problem. You see, it's like you're confused because. Danny's in a movie, so what really should be happening is, and it starts like that with the car chase and everything, Danny is in scenes that would be in the action movie. So every scene that we're seeing with Jack Slater should be 
a recognisable scene from an action movie. Yeah. Which some of it is, but like you say, you go to a blockbuster and you're like, this isn't in a movie, yeah. so what? what is this? Are we? Is this in the film, or is this just him wandering around the world and that the film is? And if he's wandering around the world, he would know he's in a, a film character. Like, mm. when the car parks, and they're like, that's what would happen on set. The car parks, then the car goes out. So I thought he was going to, like, break this thing and be like, okay, we're just going to have a five-minute rest, because that's what we do on film sets. Yeah. So weird. Which it gets right later on, I think, when they go to Jack Slater's so actual house. apartment, yeah. where it's just all bleak, drab, and it's just, it's like clearly not meant to be. And I think this is what they were going for, but then why is there a henchman, a henchman in the, in, in the closet? Yeah. This should be sort of like his dressing room as the film character, as the fictional yeah. film character. And he's just never thought about it. He's just done that thing where he just doesn't think about it yeah. until this kid says, you do, why would they, like, um, the Truman Show, why is this like this, like this? And he's like, oh, you know. Exactly. Are you saying the Truman Show is better than this? I am going to go out on a okay. limb there and say that, yeah. That, this would have been a good pairing, yeah. We, we, <laughs> we go to Benedict's house just so Arnie can say, I'll be back, I think. No, 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 And no, so no. we see Rottweilers Do in a, a triangle. Dog pyramid! Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so good! No, it's not. It's not. It's so frustrating. They're like, let's go and get the bad guy. Let's go away again. <laughs> and we'll do it later. No, this, no, 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 no. This, came, listen, out, listen, this listen. came out the same year as National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon. And I think that joke is fine in there. I just don't think it's fine here. I think this is where the movie jumps the shark in the most fantastic way possible. And you know that anything is possible from here on in. Once you've seen dogs do a dog pyramid, <laughs> you know that anything could happen. It's exciting. <laughs> I'm excited at this So point. Jack takes Danny home where Danny gets off with Whitney, Meredith, I've got confused, someone, Bridget, Bridget, Bridget Wilson. Yeah, what on earth is that? Don't it's, know. it's fine because I was like, why the fuck did she just kiss her child? And then she's some weird thing about a, yeah. f- a freshman, a prank, whatever that is. Bizarre. But then she's still going, who's the cute kid? To yeah. her dad, like, who's that kid? It's like, he is 10. It's really weird. And you're like an adult woman. Is that some writer thinking this is a fantasy for a 14 year old boy, we'll therefore put it in the film? Yeah, I guess. just I don't. Guess maybe. Don't have oh, to. Maybe it's like the Goonies, the Goonies thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because doesn't uh, Corey Haim get off with the older it brothers? Makes more, yeah, but it makes oh, more yeah. sense there. It's not a cynical there, I don't think. Mm. It's sort of an accident. Her doing it is an accident. She's not doing it on purpose. <laughs> um, but um, Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, your your honour. They, <laughs> they set that weird thing up about the money turning the funny colour when it burns. Oh, it's so my clumsy. God, that's so it's, so clumsy, it's isn't it? so bad when Charles Dance is like, this money is fake. Burn it. What? <laughs> Just put it back. <laughs> Just put it back. What baddie has ever gone? We must burn this fake money. But like, it's maddening. Maddening. Yeah, yeah it gets it gets sloppier. There's a scene later <laughs> where Charles Dance returns home. Mr. Benedict returns home and removes his eye, mm. and the same eye he removes at home is then back at the crime scene and explodes. <laughs> it's like no one has given a fuck about the logic in this movie. Oh, well, dear. Mr. Benedict does uh, crash the pad. He harms a hair on her head. He quotes Sherlock Holmes. I think, you know, they're trying to set him up as the, that British criminal he's from brilliant. all of those he's films. He's awesome. Fantastic. Thank God for him. Yeah, he's wonderful. Uh, Jack sees the smoke and uh, there's a, I think there's quite a good scene where the daughter is in the bedroom beating up the goon while pretending she's being beaten up. Sure. That's yeah. a good idea. Clever. It's original. Yeah. I've not seen that before. Um, Jack jumps off the balcony saying, I've got to catch the red eye. Is all the eye stuff just so they could make that joke? <laughs> <laughs> if so, I res- quite respect them. That's true. Because <laughs> this, like, with the script, right, obviously it's like a house of cards and you get one note and you're like, oh, fuck, it undoes the whole thing. And someone must have gone, this eye thing isn't working. No, no, no. I think because we've got a, a line later where he says the red eye, so we do have to keep it, I'm afraid. Wait, wait for the edit. The edit? That's optimistic. <laughs> Uh, there's a there's a not terribly good chase. Uh, Danny's on a bike. Um, he flies past the moon Ugh. like ET. I, don't written, do that. I've written fucking terrible. It's a, be- it's a better film than ET. <laughs> um, Benedict, when he's at home in the sequence you're talking about, he finds the ticket. Great. And then he doesn't do anything with it for ages. So yeah. it's like, why show it to us now? Mm. Yeah. Is this, this is before he breaks the fourth wall. That's coming yeah. up, which is, that's, that's mad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you've got that moment where, um, where Jack can't swear. Danny shows him a piece of paper. I mean, I know I said nonce earlier. I really hope it's got the C word on it. Mm. And then that we could see Arnie saying that maybe in a deleted scene. <laughs> 
Put it in. Um, uh, <laughs> have him beeped. That would be good. Oh, that's yes. good. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Make that your change. Uh, the eye blows up, as you said. Uh, they all survive. Mm. Uh, and the eye is... that's in two places. Ridiculous. <laughs> uh, this is when Jack starts having the existential crisis because he can't understand how he can keep surviving all of this yeah, death and damnation also, around him. Let's not forget he's got a dead son. And his dead son gets nary a mention. He gets like one photograph and he's like, that's my son. He's, no. more, worried, he's more worried about Whitney ending up um, a young, dying a young maid. Yeah. Which is a strange <laughs> turn of phrase for Jack Slater. <laughs> Suddenly he's quoting Shakespeare. No, because we've got that bit later where he enters New York and he does say, I, I've just found out from I'm a f- fictional character and that someone's been creating my life and has killed yeah. my son. Yeah. And I have wake, like waking nightmares every night or something. Okay, so yeah, the son enough. does get another mention, which I'm going to come back so there's a bomb at a funeral. Um, so in what <laughs> a farting man? What was, sh- was he called? Something fart a lot? What something like that? What Shane Black wrote? He said the fart. The scene, Is it really the fart? <laughs> the scene where the rogue duo have to dispose of the expired dynamite stuffed body of a fat gangster called Leo the Fart there is the go. handiwork of Black and Arnott, who borrowed the idea from a Richard Prather murder mystery novel, The Meandering Corpse. Now this is what Shane Black had to say. Uh, we thought it was a pretty swing caper where they got to go hijack this body bag but John McTiernan didn't shoot the scenes that explained why the dynamite was there yep. and so therefore it's just like you sitting and thinking what's happening yeah. who is Leo the Fart yeah. <laughs> I lost track I'm like, who's, someone's in a helicopter who is in that helicopter I enjoy a moment in a film where you have to sit back and go who is Leo the Fart? <laughs> Who is Leo the Fart? Actually, that is good. That is good. But I didn't want to know Embrace enough. that confusion. I didn't want to know enough to rewind to try and find out, even though I was presenting it to you today. Yeah. What Vivaldi told us earlier. Uh, yeah. Whisk, as you said, Whiskers shoots practice. Um, <laughs> Jack takes the court. There's some business on a crane. It's uh, good. It's a good real stunt. It's an in-camera stunt. It's great. He drops into a tar pit full of dinosaurs. That's yep. what I'm saying. I yep. think they put them in at <laughs> the last minute. Such a big swing. <laughs> <laughs> laughing so... at them. I know. I but then have him punch a dinosaur or something. Like, mm. you know, have the courage of your convictions. The, the, the bomb implodes and he says silent but deadly. Yeah. It's good. I it's guess. solid. <laughs> Uh, her daughter shows up with some fresh clothes. Uh, Benedict yeah. shoots Vivaldi. That's funny. Little things like that. That is funny. The yeah. bit, the bit where he's literally caked yes. in tar, yeah. and he just like it's basically good. rubs his face once, and it's suddenly clear. Yeah, and it's, it's very good. Little things. There are little moments in this that make me go, "There's a good movie in here." But also, and I it's feel, what's on screen. <laughs> but I feel like it would be better if we spot them and enjoy them rather than them doing them and then commenting on the fact that they're doing them because it just makes it less funny. Yeah. Um, so Benedict shoots Vivaldi. And this is when he breaks the fourth wall. He says, if God were a villain, he'd be me. <laughs> and he ends up in the real world. Yeah, this is a, there's a very, there, there is a good gag here where he, uh, Arnie grabs Benedict and uh, says, uh, this was for blowing up my second cousin Frank's house, punches him mm-hmm. and then goes, and this is blowing for blowing up my ex-wife house and just slaps him lightly on the wrist. He does. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> sexist. It's I nice. like it. Yeah. Uh, and so they're in the real world now. Chase Benedict's out the cinema. Uh, I think Jack asked the question. And Danny says, it makes no sense, but I'll try to explain it to you later. (laughs) Naughty. You've got such a problem. What's what's the runtime for the movie? Two hours, 20 minutes. At two hours, 30 minutes, (laughs) I'll reveal everything. This is the opposite of pulling out the blackboard, isn't it? Yeah. I think when you're writing something, and everybody's done it, but if you ever have a character go, what's going on? You've got, you can't do it. Like, because then you've just got to admit to yourself that you're about to explain everything to the audience. And I think you are so in trouble, and you should know it, that if you've got a line like that, and then later on he says quickly before the ticket changes its mind and it's like what? based on what <laughs> and that it's sentient yeah <laughs> it is it's got a mind of its own but that's it right. you know what it's got that, a mind yeah. of its own probably pissed it off did. about being torn in half yeah. but also let's establish some rules for it like I'm just such a stickler for that you cannot get to page what are we on now like 125 or whatever <laughs> yeah. and he says before it changes its mind because then do you know what? Enough. Enough. Uh, Jack, you, you, you know, you know, you know. I wonder if they were like, you know, John McTiernan was like, you know, we're basically making our ET here, Arnold. <laughs> we're basically making ET, okay? And 
action on Mr. Benedict. I've just shot someone in cold blood and I did it on purpose. <laughs> Classic E.T. Uh, <laughs> Jack's bullets don't work in the real world. His hand hurts when he punches a window. Uh, there's a crash business. They reference Die Hard. Uh, Arnie's, this crisis is becoming more existential. I've just found out I'm imaginary. How would you feel if you found out someone has made you up? Arnie, Arnie's not capable not of doing this. Not the man this. for the job. No, no. <laughs> no. But just you know what? <laughs> I'll have $15 million Please, thank you so much. It's very difficult to have an existential crisis when you've been paid $15 million. <laughs> Calls himself Arnold Groundschweiger. Whatever. Um, <laughs> Don't whatever the joke's in this. That is rude. Someone, uh, someone wrote that and someone put, poured their love and heart into that game. Of, of him shooting someone and saying, I did it on purpose, Benedict, and no one caring. I mean, it is making a, a point, a social point sure, of, the, yeah. of the apathy yep. in modern-day New York. Um... And then there's a weird scene between Mum and Jack Slater. It's such a tease. Jack likes classical music. Mm. And I've never just talked to a woman before. <laughs> oh man! Oh god! But they are. Oh, they god. are. But that's Sorry, because that's he's because not. he's in. He's referencing the fact that in his character Jack Slater in the movie Does just it, chats yeah. up women with like corny I, lines. I, I feel yeah. like something should happen between them because yeah. they're, they're the same age. Oh my god! One hundred percent. They're the same age. This never happens in these films. Yeah. She's normally supposed to be 20. It should be, it's normally be Bridget Wilson he'd be hooking up with. Yeah, gross. Yep. Um, but anyway, it goes absolutely nowhere. There's a scene where uh, Benedict gets the Ripper. I couldn't figure out if that was in the movie or in the real world. I think he's gone in the movie here, even though we don't see that happen. This is when he's looking at Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula in the newspaper. <laughs> yeah, for no reason. Set up that never Turns pays out. off. I want to see that. But he's sitting in front of I think he's taken the script for Jack, Rip, uh, for, for Jack Slater 3 into the movie to show it to the character, the Ripper, and to then bring him out. Show me that. That sounds great. Yeah, great. sure. <laughs> but we just, get the, we just get the conversation. Uh, and then we're back in the That's real the world. That's the one edit they made. It's like, that would have been useful. That would have explained what the fuck is going on. And then you've got Jack and Danny arguing about the well-being, what you make it. They're trying to give the film a theme, I yeah, think. at but... the very last minute, at the 89th minute. But sod it, we're at the premiere. There's Maria Shriver. There's little Richard. Uh, I, I mean, I've got to this say, is I admire Arnold Schwarzenegger, though, right? So Arnie is a big... He's a star. Mm-hmm. He gets paid $15 million for this movie. Like, he must have some better pull than Little Richard, Chevy Chase, James Belushi and Van Damme. It's like this is meant to be forgot, a massive premiere. You forgot a big one. Hammer. Uh, uh, Damon Wayans. They, Damon managed, they managed to get the Wayans. <laughs> it's just, he was a tough get at the it's time. It's so mad. Like, because this is the moment where you'd be like, that would be so cool to actually see stars. You said Sharon Stone earlier. Yeah, why get her back? <laughs> get her back. <laughs> yeah. You paid her. It's only going to take a moment. And, and the Planet Hollywood plug that is the joke. It's like, oh, that no. makes me feel a bit sick. That's funny. Maria Shriver is actually a bit of a lethal weapon in this moment because she delivers that bit. Please don't plug yeah. the restaurant. I hate it when you plug the restaurant. And her face when he's like, "So Planet Hollywood," <laughs> and like her face behind him is perfect. She's yeah. great. He should have stayed with her. He, te- he tell- <laughs> well, no, he tells her not to speak to the National Enquirer. Do you think they had the maid story already at that point? And that's why he's saying that. <laughs> I didn't do it. He did it. Um, and so See, we've gone from the fictional world to the real world to the very real world. <laughs> uh, and so we've got this action scene at the end. Arnold Schwarzenegger stops Jack Slater. I like that. I wasn't expecting that. Um, mm. You got the ripper on the roof with Danny, the ripper chucks Danny off and then throws an axe and he hits an electricity pylon. And he, So let's just establish, we saw this with Jack Slater's son at the start. He learned so little from that moment that he lets the same thing happen again. Like, how how is the, how have they not gone? Right, but he lost his son in the movie, but this time he's not... The ripper chucks Danny. Danny survives mm. by sheer fucking luck. Mm-hmm. And the ripper gets electrocuted. Um... It's not very exciting, but it should be the end of the film here, but we ain't going to end the film here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Why would no, we? Come on, do this bit. This is, this is so, so fantastic. Uh, before I get there, I've got something to say. Um, when Danny was hanging off the building, uh, Nick asked Austin O'Brien about that scene. Apparently the harness was so tight, he literally couldn't breathe, but I was too nervous to say anything and I passed out. <gasps> People were cutting my clothes off and it got scary. But I do remember McTiernan coming up afterwards and saying, in situations like these, I don't care what's happening. You tell me and we'll fix it. Don't be afraid. You haven't done anything wrong, but we cannot afford to stop shooting. <laughs> yes, did you sign a waiver? Yes, if you open your mouth, you will never Just work here again. John, have you got a twin? <laughs> 
<laughs> Your mum's not here. Brilliant. Roll. <laughs> uh, but Benedict's Get back. another kid in here. <laughs> Benedict's back. He tells him the entire plot. And this is when he does lists all the villains he's going to get. Dracula, King Kong, Freddy Krueger, Adolf Hitler, mm. uh, Hannibal Lecter. Fictional Adolf Hitler. <laughs> and Rosemary's Baby. Right. Um, we'll have a christening for Rosemary's Baby. Uh, what? <laughs> How is that a threat? I mean, we could do, I guess. It's just still a baby. Yeah. Terrible list. Uh, he shoots Jack in the chest. Um, but oh, I don't know what's going on here. The ticket floats down to a cinema where the seventh yeah, seal yes. is playing. Oh, my yeah. God. I forgot about this. This is fantastic. Why? Why? Why not? I guess. It's Why such not? a surreal choice, though, to yeah. pick that film. And but so... also, you don't need any of it. It's not like <laughs> we need to pick a totemic character for the end. No, you don't. You just need to get him back to the But movie. he's going to save Jack Slater's life. No, he's not. He's death. It's the Literally opposite. Death. He's just going to walk. Ian McKellen as death is going to walk around the streets killing people. Also, also uh, Danny didn't ask to know his date of I death. Know. He basically goes, you will die yeah. a grandfather. It's yeah. like, fuck me yeah that's a big swing death <laughs> he tells him that and then for some reason he tells him to find the other half of the ticket because he knows somehow. Yo, what? Yeah. What? that makes me so furious mm. and also to just to be clear to find the other half of the ticket there's no skill there's no oh i've learned a lesson d- during the last two and a half hours i'm just gonna just look some, in the bin some, some, it's a memory game sometimes sometimes <laughs> it just proves that having a good memory is a useful thing that's that true, can actually, be a lesson yeah. from fair a enough film. all right that's a lesson but then he's going through the bin frantically and you're like i what i don't care about any of it they're all gold they're all uh, gold are they fine <laughs> well find the right oh you found it great <laughs> and we, I mean, we're really, we're really done. They're in the cinema. Jack, Jack gets sent back after this tearful farewell because it's, it's, and it's not a flesh wound in the movie, so he's fine. Decker shouts at him. Slater punches a door. Nick's going to be a magician after all, but no, the magic was Danny's. And then Slater's driving away, waving. Yeah, yeah. I mean, where's my big climax? Where's Dracula? Where's this christening for Rosemary's baby? Where's all the fun stuff that you were promised? It just peters out. Yeah. Um. Uh, in the article with Nick, uh, Chris Moore, this producer, says um, he's hoping to make uh, to remake The Last Action Hero one day. No. But yes. then he adds, <laughs> he then adds, I'm sure you'll put that in your article. I'll get fucked out of it and some Sony producer will be shooting it next week. That was 10 years ago. <laughs> it hasn't happened. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's honestly, there's a good IP in the heart of this. <laughs> there is. No, there is. Um, should we do the bits? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, Vicky, what's your favourite scene? Uh, when you see um, Robert Patrick at LAPD. <laughs> I, don't, I just love him so much in Terminator 2 I just love him so when I saw him I was pleased I don't really have any more to say than that oh, we're, we're at that level yeah. I saw a thing like happy basically anything in LAPD apart from everybody everyone uh, every woman being in fetish gear and the men not being in fetish gear like, I just thought that was a little bit out of you're order. happy with the predatory cat though no actually, no. I forgot about that as well so I, I just do you the, know what Robert three Patrick three seconds yeah. and Sharon Stone because legend but that's it alright All right. Alex uh, to be or not to be <laughs> not to be I love the Hamlet thing but actually and this is this is it's almost as ridiculous as these it's the it's the stunt where the helicopter fires at Jack Slater in the corridor of the building and the bullets come out the far side of the hotel. It's mm. just great. It's a proper great action moment from McTiernan that I haven't seen before. The idea that the gun is so powerful, it goes straight through the hotel and comes out the far side. That was fucking cool. Okay. I'm going with Hamlet. Yeah, it's good. Uh, Alex, most valuable whatever. It's close. Um... It's one of three. Uh, so, uh, it's either Maria Shriver, because <laughs> she's fucking great at the premiere. Uh, it's, it could be Ian McKellen as death, because oh, he's just great. But it's obviously Mr. Benedict himself, Charles Dance. Vicky? Yes, Charles Dance. Uh, I'm going for Mr. Tom Noonan. No. I believe that man never phones it in, and he's quite terrifying in this film. Yeah. He just frightens me to death. Yeah. Uh, and if you could change anything, what would you change, uh, Vicky? Oh, we've said it, but I think that Jack Slater stays in the real world, gets together with Mum. Serious, like a lot of chemistry there. And then Danny gets a new dad. If you want to make ET, or if you want to make an Amblin movie, the way that they've dressed Danny is the most cynical thing I've seen in a long time where they're like all American white kid like that floppy hair oversized baseball jacket sneakers or as Nick calls him 
fit. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> so anyway, if we're going to do Fresh it... Fresh meat. Let's do it. He needs a dad because mum didn't choose to be a widow. I don't know if you know that. So obviously he gets together with her and then he gets a new dad at the end. Alex... So we did the big one already, which is obviously do not mention Hannibal Lecter, Dracula, etc. if you're not going to feature them in a massive face-off with Arnie, which is the action-packed climax to this movie, which is what it should have been. Uh, so the only reason uh, I mention this is because you don't put this line in if you're not going to then do this, which is when Jack Slater says, uh, my kid died because someone else killed him, the writer of this, my creator killed him, and I have nightmares every night. I'm like... Cool. So what's going to happen is they're going to use the ticket to go back into Jack Slater 3 and we're going to get that cyclical thing from the very first scene to the very end scene, which is Jack Slater now knowing what the Ripper's going to do, saves his kid yes. at the end of Jack Slater 3. Yep. I've got something similar to that. I think Jack Slater in the real world should go and hunt down that writer, put a gun to his head, <laughs> figure out the ending from there. Yeah. Um, also, I, I, I kind of agree with Shane Black a little bit. I think you need to recast and rewrite um, the kid. Whoa! And, and maybe recast wow. um, and rewrite... Oscar's night all over again. <laughs> uh, Jack Slater, because um, there's just such a lack of charm mm. in their relationship. All of these films that it is copying, th- these characters, are, you like to watch them together. They're fun. They're, they've got some kind of comedic chemistry. If it's Lethal Weapon or in Die Hard or Last Boy Scout or whatever, there's just these two are quite annoying and grating when they're with each other. Yeah. So I don't think it's it's that hard to find a, 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 a combination that works. I think it's and that's script. why the film was a disaster, man. Oh no, that kid is awful. He's very bratty. I didn't mind him. I didn't mind him. I just think it, he's he's dealt a shitty hand, which is you're in a movie. You're in a yeah. Shut up. You're in a movie. You're in a movie. <laughs> Should we do a quiz? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. That we was a start- fun show until now. <laughs> See, now the mood has come down, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, already. We started talking about The Simpsons. <coughs> I'm going to do a quiz about Austrian actor Rainer Wolfcastle. Okay. Who had a career similar to Arnie's. Um, are you aware of Rainer Wolfcastle, yeah, of course. everyone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm scared to ask. McBain. You know, Rainer I know Wolfcastle. who McBain is. Mm, yeah. Rainer okay. Okay. As Rainer Wolfcastle plays right. McBain. Yeah. Okay. And who was sadly and rudely left out of the Simpsons movie, where he should have been pre- playing the president, but no, they put Arnold Schwarzenegger in the Simpsons movie, <gasps> when in the Simpsons world it should have been Rainer Wolfcastle. Yep. Bad. So he's in about twenty movies in the Simpsons universe. Right. I'm going to give you a name of one of his movies. You've got to tell me if it's a real Rainer Wolfcastle film or if I've made it up. Okay, we doing one each? Nah, just shout out. Right. True or false? McBain 5, Fatal Discharge. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> true. Uh, McBain 8, No Pain, No McBain. False. True. It is false. I made that up, but it is a really good title. Very good. <laughs> Very good. Are you pitching? Uh, my baby is an ugly man. <laughs> true. True. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> uh, death, comma, actually. <laughs> false. True. Uh, it is false. Oh. Well played, Vicky. Um, help, my son's a nerd. True. true. That is true. And in brackets afterwards, not a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I shoot your face. True. False. Vicky wins, it's true! Oh my god! Oh my god! Did I really win? You won! Oh my god, I wasn't looking at anybody. Well played! (laughs) Okay, cool, thank you. Oh, you got a new tactic? Yeah. Oh, okay, interesting, interesting. Well, now you've given given me me an insight. Well, you can also not look at me and it doesn't affect me not looking at you. No, he likes to to look. Um, (laughs) See, the mood's lifted, hasn't it? Yeah, Yeah, I'm sorry, that's really selfish. That's really awful. Shut up now. Well, because I'm being gracious. Shut up, it's the end of the show. Shut up, let's finish the show. All right, then, let's look ahead to next uh, week, which are my choices. Uh, Thanks, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Have you you seen either of them? (laughs) Not yet. Uh, But the clue for next week's pairing is fighting with the family. The clue is fighting with the family. Right. That's it for this episode. Uh, there'll be another clue on your way on Twitter for next week's pairing. Until then, please do subscribe on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. Tell your friends about us. Check in with us on Twitter and Instagram. And we'll be back on Thursday to see if we're all enchanted. Till then, have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Clash of the Titles is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.